Jewish audio on Kaban.org. Continuing in the Rambam Mishnah Torah, chapter 13, Hilchas Shabbos, Pedic Shleishasar, chapter 13. We're learning about labor number 39, transferring from one domain to another. Very complex labor. Lots of goodies. Chapter 13, somebody who transfers an object from one domain to the other. Or somebody who carries an object more than four cubits in a public domain. He's only liable, he's only culpable. If he picks something up, if he lifts something up from a place that has at least four cubits, I'm sorry, four cubits by four cubits or more. And he places it down on a place that has a minimum of not cubits, but hand breaths. Four hand breaths by four hand breaths. Which means that a private domain has a definition. The definition is a minimum place of arba tvachim, al arba tvachim, four hand breaths by four hand breaths. And in chapter 12, we learned all of these definitions. So I correct myself. I inadvertently said cubits, it's not cubits, it's handbreadths. Which means that if I have a little pole and something sitting on a pole in the public domain, that tiny pole, under ordinary circumstances, is not a private domain. It's a pole in a public domain. What is a private domain? Something which is a minimum of four handbreadths by four handbreadths. And for those who are joining us in chapter 13, it will be helpful if you studied chapter 12, which gave us a lot of axioms and a lot of definitions. Bays to Yodei Shalodam Chashuba Ke'arbal Arba. A very important rule in Shabbos laws is that a person's hand is considered as if it was four handbreadths by four handbreadths because the hand is connected to the person and the person is considered that minimum. Lefiko, therefore, im okar adam An example. There is a man standing in one domain. And I pick up the object from this man's hand. And I place it into the hand of another person in another domain. I'm liable because the hand of a person is an extension of that domain. Similarly speaking, if one was in one of these two, Domains, private or public, or far shot and extends his hand into the other domain. 
If he's in private, he extends his hand into public. If he's in public, he extends his hand into private. And he lifts up an object. Here's the domain line. I stand and I put my hand in the other domain, lift up the object. And I put it down in somebody else's hand in the other domain. Chayav, he's liable. A hand is considered an extension of the domain. So also, if he was standing in one of the domains, and he picks it up from a person standing in it, and he put his hand back, Chayav, he's liable. Even though he didn't put down the object in the place where he is. Being that it's in his hand, a person's hand is as if it's on the ground. What if he's eating and he's walking from one domain to the other? And he thought, remember, thinking is important in the laws of Shabbos. To bring forth the food within his mouth. From domain to domain, Chayab is liable. Because that was his intention, his thought process considers and fixes his mouth as a place large enough to be considered a domain. Even though that's not the way people usually carry. Similarly speaking, if somebody sits standing in one of these two domains, and he passed water, he spit into the other domain, he's liable. Because he lifted up, picked up from one domain, and put down in another domain, and his thought causes it to be as if he lifted from that minimum domain. What if the person is in one domain and the passing of the water takes place in the other domain? The Hishtin Bar Potter is exempt, but forbidden. For what if he's standing? in one of two domains, and he extends his hand into the other domain, and he took water from the top of a pit filled with water. There was a pit filled with water. And he extends his hand into the domain, takes some water out. And he brings it forth. He's liable. Why would he be liable? The water is not on the ground, the water is on water. Because the entire pit of water is considered as if it's on the ground. So he took from the top of the water, that's fine. Avo, but here's an example of something which is exempt. If there was a vessel floating on top of that water. Let's say there's water floating and the vessel is floating. And there's fruit in this basket. It's a basket that flows, that floats on top of water. He extends his hand, and he took some of the fruit, and he brought forth, he's exempt, because the basket, or whatever was floating on the water, separates from the water, so it's not considered a Because unlike the previous water, which is considered as if it's all on the earth, on the ground, 
The fruit was not on the ground because it was in a floatable basket. So he didn't lift up from a place of four handbreadths by four handbreadths. Not to mention him, how you have paid himself an opening. It was floating on the water. And he brought them forth. That he's exempt. So let's say a river. There's a basket floating down a river, and he takes the fruit out. Or there's an oil slick floating down the flow of water. And he collects. Scooped up some of the oil. And he brought it forth. But he's exempt. We already stated. That you must have the lifting up of the object, removal of the object, and putting down of the object, and we're looking for definitions. But if he picked up, he removed, and he didn't put down. He put down, and didn't pick up. He's exempt. Therefore, here are some examples of exceptions. If somebody is standing in one of these domains, he extends his hand into the other domain. He's holding something in his hand. And someone else here. I'm holding these keys in my hand. I extend this into another domain. And somebody else comes and takes it out. For me to set it down would be setting it down in the other guy's hand. But if I'm just holding it like this and somebody comes and takes it. The other guy took it. Or, another example is I'm standing like this and somebody puts something in my hand. I'm standing with my hand in another domain and somebody drops something in my hand. I didn't pick it up. It was dropped into my hand. And then I bring my hand back into the other domain. They're both exempt. Because one picked up and the other put down. When does this apply? As I explained in chapter 12. If the person's hand was above three hand breaths, then it's considered his hand. But anything that is within three hand breaths close to the ground, it's as if he put it on the ground, and he's liable. 3.15 inches times three, about 10 inches. Anything 10 inches or lower is like it's the ground. If a person was standing in one of these two domains, of and his friend, another, extended his hand from another domain. Takes the object from the guy who's holding it. Took something and placed it in the hand of the guy standing there. So the, all the guy was doing is standing. The guy who was standing didn't do anything. So the fact is, if I'm standing in my domain, and I have keys in my hand, and somebody comes and reaches out and takes the keys, or puts it down, I didn't do anything. I'm just here. Should I know some be other or not on the other? Because the other guy took or put. 
the guy who takes or puts is liable. Because he's the one that lifted up and he's the one that sat down. He did both components. What if he's standing in one of these two domains? And his friend puts something in his hand or on the top of his body. And then I walk out with that object to another domain. And I stand there. I'm liable. Of course, by me picking up my body with this object, it's as if I picked up that object as well, even though the other guy dropped the object into my hand. When the person stops with that object, it's as if he put down that object on the ground. Therefore, the following kicks in. If that person walked out, Carrying that object, or that object on him, and he did not stop in the other domain. He made a big U-turn and went back to the same domain. Even if he went out, and he came in, and he went out, and he came in, but he never stopped. Until Shabbos is over, Potter, he is not liable. It's not a mitzvah, he's not permissible, but he's not liable. Because he picked up. By moving, but he did not put it down because he never stopped. Here's an interesting law. Even if he stopped in order to fix the load he's carrying, is still exempt until he stops to rest, which is something that will benefit him, resting and not the load. Nine, so also, theoretically, if somebody's carrying a burden on his shoulder, and he's running with it, even all day, he's not liable until he stops. Because by the stopping, that is putting down, that's the Hanukkah. If he's running, but if he walks slowly, slowly, every step he's picking up and putting down. Theoretically, someone who was hit by the entry onset of Shabbos, and he has his burden on his shoulder, Rotzbach can run until he reaches his house, and then in an abnormal way he can throw it, and that way he escaped, technically, the violations of Shabbos. Ten, what if he removes the article from the public domain, and he went less than four cubits and stopped, and then he walks another less than four cubits and stops. If he does that all day, Potter is exempt, because he didn't lift up and put down more than four cubits in a public domain. When does this apply? Stops to rest, but again, fixing the burden is like walking. As soon as he stops outside the four cubits, he's liable. If he stops to rest outside the four cubits, but if he stops to fix his burden, it's considered like going because stopping to fix the burden is not stopping. He's not culpable, liable until he stops to rest outside of the four cubits. 
Eleven, what if there's a pole or a spear laying on the ground? He lifts up one end, but the other end is still on the ground. And then he kind of casts it, but one end never left the ground. He just turns it. You have something six feet long. You take one end and you throw it down, and now it's six feet further, but the other end didn't move. Then he takes the other end. And he does the same thing. So he's never really picking it up from the ground. But meanwhile, he's succeeding in moving it further. He could carry it several million. A mil is like a kilometer. Because he never picked up the object. He was always just going like this. However, if he pulls it and drags it on the ground, throughout the four by four, he's culpable. Because dragging is like lifting up. Twelve. If he picks up an object from one corner in order to put it in another corner, obviously, if you're picking up an object from one corner, that's permissible. And on the way, he said, you know what? I'm not carrying it to the other corner of my room. I'm going to carry it outside. Potter, he's exempt. Why is he exempt? He picked something up from a private domain and carried it to a public domain. Why would he be exempt? When he picked it up to begin with, he did not intend to carry it outside. His intention was to carry it to the other side of the room. So there is a setting down without a lifting up, because intent counts as well. So also if a person removes an article, picks up an article, places it on his friend who's walking, and when his friend is about to stop, he pulls it off before he stops. Everybody's exempt. Because there is a lifting up without a putting down. 13, another example. If somebody throws an object from one domain to the other, or in the public domain from the one edge of the four Amas to the other, the and before it rests, somebody caught it, and you didn't intend for that to happen. Or a dog caught it, all of a sudden, you threw a ball and the dog comes and catches the ball. But it's not your dog, you weren't throwing it at the dog. The dog came in from nowhere. A nisif, or it, got, it fell into flame and got burned. Potter, all of these are examples of liabilities which are exempt. Because that's not the setting down, which was intended. Because when he threw it, his intention was that it should not be caught by somebody, and somebody caught it, should not be caught by a dog, and the dog caught it. Should not be burned, and it got burned. However, if this was his intent that somebody catches it, or that the dog catches it, or that it gets burned, then he fulfilled his intent, and he's liable. Intent is important in Shabbos laws. 15. If he throws something and it lands in somebody else's hand, if the other guy standing in his place and receives it, then the thrower is culpable. Because he lifted up and sat down. But if the other guy moved, removed himself from his place and received it, that was not 
this setting down, he intended. If he threw something like you throw a football up high, you throw a ball up high, and then you run yourself to catch the ball. And the guy himself runs after the ball. I used to be able to do that when I was young. And he receives it with his, he catches it. In another domain, or outside the four cubits in a public domain. Potter, he's exempt. It's as if somebody else caught it running. Because the setting down is not complete. Until it comes to rest when it was re- in the place where he intended for it to rest when it was uprooted. 16. What if somebody throws from a private domain to another private domain or in the middle there's a public domain even though the object crossed the space, the airspace of the public domain part that he's exempt. As long as it's higher than three hand breaths, because we learned earlier, three hand breaths is like the ground. But if it's closer than three hand breaths to the ground, it rested on something, even though it was then uprooted in his goggle, it rolled. And it ended up going from one private domain to another, but it did touch something on the public domain, it was within the three. Cubits to the ground, it's as if it remained in the public domain, and therefore he's culpable. The same thing applies. The opposite scenario is throwing from public domain to public domain. And there's a private domain in the middle. But if it passed three hand breaths or less close to the ground, and it touched something, even though it kept rolling, it went into the second public domain, it's as if it remained standing in the private domain, and therefore he is liable, 17. Hamavir, Arba if somebody passes or carries an item from one public domain to another public domain, Chayav is culpable. Because the minimum four cubits combine in two public domains. Because the item did not, was not set down, did not come to rest in the domain between them. You should have a sketch here. An article passing more than four cubits in two public domains. So you have A is a public domain. And A is a public domain. And C is the private domain. If somebody extends something, passing something from a private domain to a private domain, there's a public domain in the middle. Chayav is culpable. Even if he's more than ten cubits in the public domain, because that's what the Levites did. They extended the boards. From wagon to wagon. And there was public domain. Every wagon is considered a private domain. And you actually have a sketch of it. 
when does this apply? If the two private domains were in the length of the public domain, like the wagons. See the sketch of the wagons. A is the wagon. B are the boards. C is the public domain. As wagons travel in the public domain, one following the other. If there were two private domains on two sides of the street, like a house on two sides of the street, one house and across the street. That's not what we're talking about, because that's not what the Levites did. The Levites didn't have houses across the street from each other. The Levites handed from wagon to wagon. Twenty What if he forgets? Extends his hand, his hand, and his hand is filled with fruits. And he took it out of this courtyard to bring it into another courtyard. And he reminded himself before he brought it in. His hand is in the public airspace. But he didn't put it down. So he's now permitted to bring it back to where he came from thereby not violating anything. That's if he forgot. But he's not allowed to bring it into the other yard in order that he not accomplish that which he intended to do when he forgot. But if he did it intentionally, he can't even bring it back. He has to have his hand hanging until it gets dark. That could cause you... You could have to swallow a lot of Tylenol. 21... Hamiskabin, you have a a a, uh, a sketch of uh, passing from one balcony to another with a public domain in the middle. Hamiskabin lizrik shmein amis b'shusaram. If somebody intended to throw eight cubits in the public domain, arba, and the object fell at the end of four cubits, so he covered the minimum amount, but it was not his intention. Chayev, he's liable. Because he accomplished the minimum. And his thought, his intent was accomplished. What do you mean? His intent was to throw eight cubits. He only threw four cubits. Because the fact is known. It's a known fact. Because that no object can get to the end of eight cubits. Until it's first gotten through four cubits. Four comes before eight. But if the opposite scenario occurs, where he intends to throw four cubits, and the object lands at the end of eight, because it landed in a place where he did not intend it to land. I never thought about eight cubits. I only thought about four cubits. I never intended it to land. If when he threw, he intended it to land wherever it lands, then Chayab, he's liable. 22, which is the last paragraph of chapter 13 of Shabbos. Zorak if he threw something within the four cubits, which he's allowed to. And then it rolled out of his four cubits. We're talking about a public domain where I'm allowed to move things around within my four cubits. Then the thing rolled out. Pottery's exempt because that was not my intention. But if his intention was to throw it outside the four cubits. 
But it rolled back into the four cubits. If it touched something outside the four cubits, and then it rolled back, Chayev is culpable. But if it didn't rest at all, then he's a potter, then he's exempt. So this would be the end of chapter 13.